Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the Lombardi Line, live from downtown Las Vegas in the Circus Sportsbook Studios, coming to you on a Friday morning on the West Coast, early in the afternoon here on the East Coast. Ben Wilson with Mike Pritchard. It's been a blast hanging out with you, Pritch. We're in for Femi and Michael today, and uh, I'll be back with Michael this weekend, uh, tomorrow and Sunday, bright and early, Mm. 7 a.m. here in Vegas, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. But we've got a fun hour still to come because we'll be joined by Julian Council from the Locked On Panthers podcast and 15 minutes preview the other week two NFL preseason game that kicks off tonight, Panthers-Giants. And then Josh Applebaum with his Market Insights reports on week two in the NFL preseason. We'll discuss that with Josh in about a half hour. But let's get into it. Time for the pros perspective with Mike Pritchard. Let's do it. And uh, the official news we have on the show today, Dalvin Cook officially signing his deal with the New York Jets uh, coming in in the running back room. Still at least a week away from practice per ESPN's Adam Schefter. And a, a very interesting soundbite on uh, how he was lured to the New York Jets. It's probably mm-hmm. not a surprise that people would say a guy in the NFC North for his whole career was partially lured by a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who was also in that division as well. But here's what Cook had to say as to how and why he ended up deciding and coming to the New York Jets. Being on the other side of that for the last six years, you know, I couldn't be on the other side no more. So it was just like being a, I got the chance to go join him and, you know, you know, help him win, win again. You know that was that was a big thing to come come over here. If he isn't if he isn't here, is it likely doubt that you would have signed with somebody else? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that one for you. I'm just glad he is here. He didn't necessarily recruit me. Um, we had conversations, you know, which I wouldn't speak on. But he don't he he don't gotta recruit. His game recruit itself. Like like Aaron is Aaron. Like if you don't want to be a part of something like that, I don't know what it is. You know what you want in football. And you, you have to say, as much, you know, the, the Hard Knocks watch has been kind of comical just because, <laughs> you know, the hype, it, it, just, it could not get any higher, the hype train on the Jets. But it does make you realize, if you didn't know this before, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's able to connect the teammates. He might be an elder statesman, but, I mean, he's still able to connect with guys. And yeah. it's, it's obvious that there's so much respect there. It's just a matter of how much is that really going to translate into wins on the field this year. I mean, it helps. It does. Don't get me wrong. But. Dalvin, you want my perspective on things. <laughs> yeah. Dalvin's a mercenary. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was the money that got Dalvin to New York. Uh, and, uh, you know, Aaron, 
is the cherry on top of that Sunday, I guess. You know, yeah, I get to look across the, uh, the locker room with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but uh, the chance to make $8.6 million is why Dalvin is uh, in New York. Uh, so um, I think it's true earlier in the year. Like, if you are going through true free agency uh, and you have a guy like a Hall of Fame quarterback on your roster and you're the missing piece, then, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to lure you, right? I mean, my own experiences in terms of people luring themselves to Denver, getting to Denver because of John Elway. Um, well, it, it changes when you have Mike Shanahan and Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, and all these guys um, placed. And then, okay, oh, Neil Smith comes over. Oh, Alfred Williams comes mm-hmm. over. Or all these all these players that are free agents. So, look, not only is the money right, but this quarterback's going to help me win the Super Bowl. And, and I think eventually that's what Dalvin uh, is hinting at. Um, but... No, it, it was, <laughs> these guys are mercenaries right now. Uh, Clowney signing with the Ravens. I mean, all this stuff. Uh, it, it's all fine and dandy with the quarterback stuff. But if the money's right, they're going to get the player. Sure. And it's uh, the question I have and what we're going to find out very quickly. Once Cook returns, he's not even going to be with the team. You're expected to become a first-time father. Mm-hmm. And then still coming back off that off-season surgery, uh, at least as the report from Adam Schefter mentioned, at least a week away from practice, reportedly one year, $7 million dollar deal for Dalvin Cook coming in as a running back for the New York Jets, but with a at times shaky offensive line in Minnesota last year, <laughs> there were not a whole lot of holes for Cook to run through, and when there were, he did not really take advantage. A big reason why Minnesota felt like, okay, we've we've seen enough, despite what had been a very good career up to that point, was one of the worst running backs as far as you know, rush yardage over expectation. Uh, if you look at some of the advanced stats on that, and it's not like the Jets have a sure thing at offensive line with two aging tackles who have big injury concerns on the outside. That is my big concern for the Jets coming into 2023, especially with how loaded the division is and the good defenses they'll be facing on the opposite side. I realize as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers has made a career out of making his offensive line look better and yep. manipulating pockets, but doesn't that have to be a concern, especially if you're looking to bet a Cook season-long prop, 625 and a half on the rush yards, that the O-line, uh, we have no idea if that's actually going to be sustainable for a full season and if it'll be better than advertised. Yeah, you know, um, all valid points, uh, I, I think – each and every year brings that optimism, right? And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, does elevate the play uh, because of what they need to do getting the ball out of their hands and and what they need to see happen. And, and if the plays, too. I mean, Dalvin Cook, to me, I mean, he might have more receiving yards than, than rushing yards, um, whether it's the screen or whether uh, it's quick plays to the outside. I mean, Dalvin Cook uh, is a is – a, a player that is a mismatch and, and, and it provides an advantage to you from a player set standpoint. I think Brees Hall is going to eventually play. Uh, this buys him a little bit more time to make sure and, and ensure that he's completely healthy. Um, but no, I, it, it's a potent offense. It's a potent lineup, but the concerns are valid. I mean, those are the question marks, right? And I think from an organization standpoint, you're going to try to fix those. Offensive line is a problem. Well, our offensive line has to be better. That's that's our focal point. Uh, so if that's the focal point of the Jets and if they can solve that mystery and get better on the offensive line, then obviously they have the caliber uh, sure. of a team to make a run here. And Brees Hall, we had the reports earlier in the week, getting closer mm-hmm. and closer, coming back, and is going to be uh, cleared here very, very soon for the New York Jets in that backfield. All right, pro's perspective number two. I'm glad we're getting to this. It's the guy who's replacing Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, Jordan Love, and what his offensive lineman, elder statesman on that line, David Bakhtiari, had to say about his progress and ceiling in training camp. I mean, definitely higher standard. Um, you know, he, he had three years to understand and master the offense, which is very fortunate for any first-round quarterback. Um, get to watch and see how a 
first ballot Hall of Famer and generational talent and a guy who borderline changed the quarterback position and how it's played and even the mechanics of even throwing the football. Uh, you were able to see that for three years and then now coming in. So, I mean, yeah, his, his baseline for me is way higher. There we go. <laughs> Here we go, Pritch. Go, go Buffs. Go Buffs right there, Bakhtiari. Um, you know, Jordan Love, um, see, you got to be careful with this one. Uh, and, and I get it, David. And, you know, certainly you're going to support uh, the quarterback. But Jordan is not Aaron. And what Aaron was able to do, and, and yeah, Jordan watched that. But <laughs> you can't do it, right? I mean, there's a lot of things we can watch. But can we do it? Can we duplicate it? Can we... Uh, you know, do it at the same level. I mean, Jordan's going to have to do it at his level or wherever he can execute this offense at, and we don't know where that is yet. Um, yeah, he watched it, you know, certainly. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was completely different from Brett, right, even though he watched Brett. But, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, I, I could watch Andre Reisner or, or Jerry Rice, but I'm not those guys, you know, and so you got you to gotta have your own game. And, so from a betting standpoint, for me, I'm looking for Jordan Love's game. Uh, and I want to see what he's capable of. The biggest thing that helps out Jordan Love, and as much as we expect growing pains to be there pretty significantly, you're playing in a division with three of the worst defenses in the <laughs> NFC. That right. has got to mean something for sure. Love and the Packers in 2023. Speaking of the NFC and young quarterbacks, let's go to San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, Niners head coach, talking about Brock Purdy and his new quarterback has been a bit uh, susceptible to throw in the training camp INT. Yeah, one of the great debates. Does the training camp INT actually matter? Pritchard's coach Shanahan on the subject. You never want interceptions um, in any situation. Um, you know, I don't, there's never one answer. Each one's different. Um, but I, when you're, you're getting, I, I definitely like having interceptions a lot more in practice than in games. And um, one thing Brock does is he lets it rip. Uh, he's not worried about anything else, um, especially not worried about people counting his interceptions, you know, at practice and stuff. And that doesn't mean they're all right. Um, but I do like him letting it rip. And I like him learning from things that he can't get away with, things he can get away with. And I think our defense got their hands on a lot of balls, not just Brock's. But um, I definitely want our quarterbacks to cut down on them. But I also want them to make real throws. And when they make mistakes, to learn from them. Seems like 49ers Twitter has been uh, in, a, in a state of tizzy about all the interceptions by Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, you've been there. You know what that's like well, in training camp. Quarterbacks don't like to throw interceptions, period. And on the other side, defenses celebrate getting interceptions in practice, right? Uh, and so that's some great soundbite right there from Kyle. Um, he wants Brock to let it rip. And the reason why he wants him to let it rip is because he will help Brock with his play calling, avoids interceptions. Like, when you throw interceptions in practice, it's scripted. Uh, and so are you throwing interceptions because it was tipped? Or are you throwing interceptions because you're throwing to the wrong place? Did you not understand the coverage? I mean, all those things, they're going to break that down with tape and, and certainly film study. Uh, there, that is a concern, though, right? You're, you're throwing interceptions against a scripted defense. Can't do that. But, but, I got you. If I'm Kyle Shanahan and yeah. I know my ability as a play caller, just let it rip because I'm going to put you in a better position in the game because uh, I'm going to be in that opponent's kitchen sitting at that dining room table or the kitchen table uh, and, and understanding exactly what they're trying to do against you. Sure. Isn't part of that too, just going back to how the perception on Brock Purdy is a young quarterback that he's just kind of a check down. Charlie, he's just looking at the easy play in front of him and that offense that Kyle Shanahan has been able to develop with all the pre-snap motion and mm -hmm. the movement, it, it creates so much space that if you, if you are confident in your reads – 
you can find the bigger right. play than what is maybe out there just in the periphery of your vision. And maybe we, you know, you look at the NFC Championship game last year where Brock Purdy looked a little bit, you know, on the, on the first drive, wasn't necessarily confident in himself, held the ball an extra half beat, gets destroyed, gets knocked out of the game, and boom, San Francisco season is over. I wonder how much of that is as part of what we heard from Kyle Shanahan. A lot of it is because you got to let it rip. I mean, don't don't second guess, don't don't think out there, just react. Uh, let your footwork in the pocket dictate a lot of things, but. As a play caller, I will help you. I will help you understand where you need to go with the rock as well as what the offense is 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 trying to do out there on the field against a particular defense. It's at least it's nice to have you know the conversation about the actual mm -hmm. starting quarterback than all the Trey Lance discussion <laughs> that has uh, thrown the media into a yeah. frenzy over the last week with Trey Lance, one of the backup quarterbacks at least fighting for his role yeah. on the San Francisco 49ers roster. When we come back, we've already previewed the Bengals-Falcons preseason game with the Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Next up, we'll preview game number two tonight. It's the Panthers and the Giants. Julian Council from the Lockdown Panthers podcast joins the show right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. 
and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM. For terms and conditions, must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As we take a look at some of the market movement, Week 2 NFL preseason tonight. There were a lot of overs in Week 1, Pritch. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, last night's game did get did go over only because there was a giant move to the under of three points that barely snuck over the closing total. And we're getting some movement on the over. Panthers-Giants, even though the Panthers put up a big old zero in week one. So as we welcome in Julian Council, who hosts the Locked on Panthers podcast, we'll see. Are we going to get a little bit more out of the Panthers offense? Uh, Julian, great to have you on here on the Lombardi line. There was that, that sense that, the, oh, the sky is falling in Carolina. It's going to be a disaster because of how bad they looked in week one. Uh, where do you stand, though, on what we saw out of week one and what do you expect going into the game tonight? Yeah, the vibes weren't great coming out of Saturday's loss to the Jets. And it's only preseason, but the result still matters in terms of how you play. And last Saturday was certainly disappointing from the offensive line, which was markedly improved last season after being a massive strength of the Panthers over the last five-plus season. Arguably, arguably, you could look at the quarterback and offensive line positions as debatable which one was worse. So I would expect that O-line to be better than what they showed on Saturday. They still have four or five starters back from last year that are healthy. Currently, Austin Corbett, who started at right guards on Pup after tearing his ACL in Week 18 against the Saints in January. He'll be back eventually. I feel good about the four guys that they have coming back. It's just figuring out that right guard spot and then giving Bryce Young an opportunity to actually operate in this offense, which he did not get a chance to do in the 11 snaps he played on Saturday. So I expect better offensive line play, which then will result in Bryce Young be able to air it out a little bit more tonight against the Giants. You know, Julian, I'm uh, all about understanding the psyche of a team, the makeup of a team, because uh, it's different each and every year. Uh, and so yeah. certainly last year, you look at Carolina, what they went through all season, Wilkes takes over and they start to overachieve and he gets a lot of that, out of that roster. Frank Wright comes in, and okay, inherits this roster. And are, is it still a filling out process, in your opinion, with the players and the coaching staff, or or are they all on the same page now? I think they're all on the same page as far as their mission, what they want to do this season. You just have to understand. And I agree what you said there was a good point that they overachieved. And I think that is a little bit clouded people's perception of where this team actually is heading into 2023. Because you look at the fans, they're going to look at the fact they were seven and ten last year, despite not having a passing game, whether it was Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, or Sam Darnold stepping in there, the quarterback play was pretty bad. It was better than, I guess, it had been the year prior, but it still wasn't good enough. They were a one-dimensional offense, and defensively, they were just okay. So when you bring back guys who overachieve and you add in a new defensive scheme, a new head coach, new offensive scheme, and think you think you get a better quarterback in Bryce Young, you're maybe thinking that the results are going to be better this season. But it's a process. You have a rookie quarterback, again, a new offensive scheme, a new defensive scheme, a brand-new coaching staff, while the players, well, most of them, the core is the same, you're bringing in some new guys to really try to integrate and understand what they're trying to do here. So I feel like they're on the same page as what they want to do and what they want to achieve, but they've only played one game with the starters on offense, which is 11 snaps. They've only had one preseason game. They've had three weeks yeah. throughout the training camp and this week to really understand what they're doing with installs and then moving forward to working with the Jets last week, playing the Jets, and now working towards the Giants game tonight. So it's there, it's very early into the process for anyone to expect them to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders here in the middle of August. Kim Afala, by the way, at Julian Council, joining us on the Lombardi line right now. I think the case to be made, too, for Carolina having success in the division is the fact that basically every other team, including even New Orleans with the, with the West Coast offensive system they have, is going to be more run-heavy. 
And the strength last year for the Panthers was in the run defense where they end up grading out as a top 12 unit on an EPA per play basis against the run. You have a really good duo on the defensive line. But with Steve Wilkes being a defensive minded guy now out out of Carolina, what is the ceiling for the D line and, and just how good do you expect that unit to be once everything does gel and they're all ready to go here for the start of the season? I think Derek Brown's going to take another step forward. He was outstanding last year. He tied a franchise record for tackles by a defensive tackle. The Panthers decided to reward him by exercising his fifth-year option for next year. Going to be about $11 million guaranteed. They bring in Shai Tuttle, who was in New Orleans uh, the last couple seasons, who can start there with him. And then they also got Brian Burns back. He's playing more of a stand-up outside linebacker role. He was more of a hybrid sometimes, hand in the dirt, sometimes standing up. And Phil Snow's a defense the last couple of years. He was the D.C. here under Matt Rule before Al Holcomb and Steve Wilkes took over as the interims last year. So I expect the defensive line to be very good this season, having two potential stars in Brown and Burns, who eventually here over the next couple of weeks, I imagine is going to get paid a ton of money to be one of the highest paid edge rushers in football. So I expect that defensive line to still be good and probably take another step forward as a transition to this new 3-4 scheme. Yeah, that scheme is going to be outstanding. Uh, Ivero, that's how you pronounce his last name, the defense coordinator and yeah. uh, sought-after guy. And, you know, who knows what happens after one year if they're successful, right? And maybe be looking right. for another defense coordinator. But I want to go to the offense side of the ball and, and Bryce Young. And when you look at the names uh, on the offense side of the ball from a skilled position standpoint, I mean, it's there for them, right? And uh, what's your assessment of, of Bryce? I mean, we hear the processor, we hear all this stuff. But watching this guy play, I mean, is he starting to look like that professional quarterback or does he still have uh, some ways to go here? Oh, yeah. There's a reason why they decided to take Bryce Young, number one overall. They looked at C.J. Stroud and what he was able to do at Ohio State and looked at Anthony Richardson. And while you look at those guys, see the physical traits, maybe think, okay, do they have a higher ceiling than Bryce? It's possible. But can they come in and immediately operate an NFL offense? Now, Stroud's going to get a chance in Houston. I I imagine he's going to be the day one starter. Richardson's already been named a day one starter out there in Indianapolis. But I think the expectation that Bryce Young can come in and make a far more seamless transition from Alabama to the NFL with the Panthers, that's why they decided to take him number one overall. And Thomas Brown, who's now the OC here in Carolina, spent the last couple of seasons working with the Rams under Sean McVay, where they've now married that offensive scheme to what Frank Reich ran the last five years in Indianapolis. He said the other day that Bryce Young, while he's 22, he has the demeanor of a 45-year-old. Like He's so mature. And that's been what people have been saying about him from the very beginning. They had a meeting with him after his pro day in Tuscaloosa back in March where Young was going through his process throughout the week where he went day to day, just the, the details and the, that he was able to lay out just his process. That's what really won the Carolina Panthers over. Like I, From all the reporting out there, the Panthers on March 10th when they traded up, they were wanting to Bryce Young. But throughout that process, meeting with him, looking at his tape, it was even more clear to them that he was the top sure. guy for them. So I think Bryce Young, his maturity, his ability to lead this team, he's the right guy for the job. I do have serious questions, though, about the guys around him as widely considered one of the worst, and I don't think these guys are that bad, but not considered one of the better receiving trios or cores here in the NFL as far as the skill players go here on offense in Carolina. You can probably make a pretty good case, Julian. It's the, it's the worst wide receiver room in the yeah, NFC. That's, and that's I mean, true. that's why I look at it and I go, let's, okay, let's just say the offensive line, you know, we set aside week one and how bad it's looked. They figure it out. There's still, a, there was so much growth a season ago and Nikki Aquanu takes another step as a second year player in that scheme. It's the bigger question to me that isn't getting talked about is, all right, who is going to find rapport with Bryce Young? You know, they have Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, a couple of vets brought in, but what have you seen so far from, from watching camp here as to what can actually be successful around Young, assuming he's able to stay upright behind the O-line. 
I guess I'll say this about the staff. They believe in these guys. Uh, while everyone is questioning, I certainly have done that on my show throughout the offseason, wondering, okay, is this a good enough group of pass catchers around Bryce Young? Have they done enough? I feel like they're as good as they can be. If you look at last season, after McCaffrey was traded, after Robbie Anderson was traded, who really didn't do anything the last two seasons in Carolina, it was DJ Moore and then sometimes Terrace Marshall. Going into this year, now that DJ's gone, you had Adam Thielen, who had a pretty good year last year. And at age 33, I still think there's something left in the tank. I have questions about what he can do the final two years of his deal here in Carolina, but that's a question for the future. This year, I think Thielen can help out. DJ Chark, when healthy, has been a solid player. The problem is he hasn't been healthy. He was a Pro Bowler in the past. That was about three, four years ago. We'll see what it looks like now, but there's been a good rapport with him and Bryce Young built up through training camp. Maybe we'll see more of that tonight in the preseason. Then the Panthers have not had a pass-catching tight end for like the last five years. For Greg Olson, the last two years of his career here in Carolina, broke his foot back-to-back season, so that didn't have, they didn't really have someone to step up. Ian Thomas thought that might work out. Matt Rule, his offense, had no interest in the tight end. The tight end position is now back in Carolina, Peyton Hurst. So you have three options there. Where last year you had about one and a half. And Miles Sanders, his rookie year in Philadelphia, got the ball a lot of the backfield. We'll see if they get back to that this year. He hasn't done it the last couple seasons in Philly. So about three, four options compared to last season at the end of it, where it's about one, one and a half. So I do think they're in a better position as far as the options that they have. But are these guys combined better than DJ Moore, what they have? Probably not. So it'll be a question all season long. But I do think it's better to have more than one option like the Panthers pretty much have for the last 12 weeks of the season last year. Got about 20 seconds, Julian. Hold up now. Yeah. I, I thought the quarterbacks are supposed to elevate the wide receivers. <laughs> now you're oh. suggesting, like a wide out, now right? you're suggesting uh. that he has nobody to throw to. I mean, I'm on. not suggesting that at all, but I, it's a rookie. We yeah. don't want the rookie quarterback coming yeah. in anywhere and being okay. asked to elevate. And it's only one year. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. They'll get people next offseason and they'll build towards it. So, Chris, yeah, I'm I, saying I they don't it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm also He's saying, saying that. Uh, Julian He's saying Council. that a lot of people right. are saying. Hey, great, great spot, man. Thank you so much for the time. Give him a follow at Julian Council. Panthers three-point dogs to the Giants tonight. A lot of question marks will hopefully be answered in some sense by the Panthers tonight. Thanks, as always, for the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Ben, Mike, appreciate it, guys. Thank Absolutely, you. and we'll welcome yeah. in Josh Applebaum up next. He's got his betting report on week two in the NFL preseason. We'll visit with Josh when we come back to the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on-air host. Team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits and football contest strategies. So become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. You can sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe a lot of josh applebaum in in that uh, guide as well as well mm-hmm. as uh, mike pritchard will be involved and included he was in the you were in the original guide so you'll be in the refreshed betting guide coming out soon josh applebaum joins us fresh off the honeymoon he's back from cancun that you know you said you got sunburnt josh but that, that's just a great base tan man i realize when you you know when you live in boston it's hard to have a perception of that but you look good man welcome back i i appreciate it guys yeah haven't uh, talked sports with you guys in a while so it's great to be back with two of my favorite wise guys at VEASAN and I'm a little disappointed though Pritch apparently has all these Cancun tips and secrets I find out about this after I get back from Cancun so Pritch 
next time you hit me up, you let me know all the good spots to hit up next time. Well, the, the secrets and tips that I know about, you don't want to know about them on your honeymoon. <laughs> not on your honeymoon. You're sick. Maybe, maybe you're a separate yeah, occasion. Yeah, right, different, uh, different uh, yeah. subject matter right there, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> As part of the tell-all book, don't worry, Josh. That'll be that'll be chapter uh, you know 18. Is, uh, that might be chapter one. Oh, oh okay. I, <laughs> yeah, start I, off hot on that yeah, one. I, yeah. I stand corrected. So uh, speaking of you know starting off hot, we, we go NFL preseason, Josh, and if, you, if you've been betting uh, overs, you've been doing very, very well. Now 11-5-1 is last night technically did go over on the closing number, even though there was a heavy bet uh, to the under. I'm curious, though, what you've made of how just blindly betting line moves has not been profitable whatsoever in the preseason. If you're chasing the steam 6-9 and nine now, if you include last night, Eagles get bet up about 2.5 points. Game ends in a tie. Eagles don't cover as 3.5-point favorites. Uh, so what, what's your take and advice to bettors on uh, how to approach these line moves in preseason, where, as I mentioned, 15 of the 17 games with at least a two-point move, and only six of those have proven to be winners? Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Ben. So for me personally, this is bad news for a guy like me who likes to be with the line movement because if you just kind of go to a base level standpoint, line movement is driven mostly by respected betters, by sharp money. Does that mean every line move is going to win? Of course not. But typically I want to be with the sharp money and not against it. I think this kind of speaks to a couple of things, guys. One is not trying to you know throw away everything that's worked over the past 10 years after just one week of the preseason where it really hasn't worked. So I think the easiest thing would be to say, hey, line moves are meaningless. Uh, there's no reason to follow them. You might as well just go the other way. Okay, that's done pretty well through you know one week of the preseason. But we have 10 years of data that shows that a lot of these big, sharp line moves, these dog-to-fave line moves, hit at close to a 60% clip in the preseason. So to me, I think it's just a little bit of you know uh, kind of just some you know uh, you know kind of an aberration or aberrational sort of thing. Uh, but I would say also, guys, this is why I like to bet money line favorites. Uh, or if you're going to play, uh, you know, a short spread, go money line. You mentioned dogs. They've done very well, Ben, uh, as well as kind of that magic number of 37. If you're lower than 37, I think the over is now like nine and three. Last night it was 36. I think it closed 35 and a half or 36, depending on what number that you got. Uh, but also if you look at money lining short favorites, for example, uh, I was on uh, last night, the Eagles, obviously they don't come through for me. It ends up in a tie, but remember, you know, the house rules, you're going to get your note, your, uh, your money refunded to you or your bet voided if you're on a money line and it's a tie. So that's one way to protect yourself from a short number uh, versus maybe you see a tie in the preseason, but I'm with you, Ben. I'm not going to throw out all this, you know, decades worth of great data on these line moves. I think the public's been cleaning up and saying, Hey, bet every dog. It's pretty easy. We got to remember the smart money's moving these lines to the favorite. They're not coming through. Uh, to me, this would be something I want to buy low on because you're having the whole public just think that it's meaningless where you could see some regression the other way back to the historical norm. You know, Josh, we, we got a lot of meaningful football coming up uh, this weekend, I think in particular because the joint practices, uh, the slate of games are going to be outstanding. We're getting worried about certain starters playing and everything. So uh, betters probably warming up for this weekend's action in the National Football League. So if you are a data-driven better, if you are a system person, um, and we know that the limits are out there for preseason like some line movement and then there's steam. And I mean, how do you um, adjust your system or do you adjust your system and preseason knowing about the limits as opposed to regular season? Yeah, so I think, you know, limits obviously being different. You can bet less on these preseason games than you would in a regular NFL game. But to me, I'm not going to adjust it too much, Pritch. Now, you and I, we did so many betting across America shows and Lombardi lines together. My model for regular season betting is dogs and unders. Probably 90% of my bets are going to be dogs and unders. Whole reason being in the NFL, it's such a heavy public bet sport. 
biggest sport in you know in the country and you're having all these states legalized so it just gets bigger every year with more public betting so public loves favorites public loves overs easiest way to go contrarian go the other way dogs and unders then we have systems like you know divisional dogs or short road dogs or dogs with line moves or primetime dogs primetime unders that's been the best spot overall uh but to me pritch i think you got to take it a little bit differently you know regular season we we're going to expect all these guys to play and play the whole game preseason it's all about not just the data like to me the data is so strong in the regular season of the nfl because we kind of expect who we're gonna who's gonna play it's it's still strong in the preseason but i think it's not you can't cap solely on the data sure. that's probably you know 80 percent of your cap the other 20 percent or more is going to be information-based bets what are the coaches saying are they going to play their guys are they going to sit their guys that's the big advantage you have in the preseason. Of course, not every move is going to come through, but maybe you target a first half instead of a full game odd uh, line movement or line uh, spot there. To me, that's what you got to do. Take a little more stock into the information than maybe you would during the regular season. Yeah, so let's get into where this could be actionable for tomorrow. Josh, healthy slate of games for Saturday in preseason week two. And interesting, we'll get two teams who had significant line moves in their favor last week. Chicago Bears won with a big line move. The Indianapolis Colts did not on the road against Buffalo. So uh, Colts right now hosting the Chicago Bears and have gotten a big move from two on the opener. I'm seeing either four and a half or five, uh, even a couple offshores I'm seeing already going to five and a half. So big move here coming on to the Colts. Josh, what's your interpretation of that? And how are you attacking it? I'm attacking it by I'm going down with the ship with these sharp line moves, guys. <laughs> they haven't been too, uh, as, ha as, you know, as, as productive as I've, as I've wanted them to be. But here's another example of smart money going with the Colts. Uh, both from a data-driven standpoint and an information-based bet standpoint. So you mentioned here, Ben, big movement toward the Indianapolis Colts. They opened, I saw some shops as low as like a minus two opener, two and a half. Now you're up to four and a half, even uh, maybe some shops going to five. So pretty lopsided movement in favor of the Colts. What I like about the Colts though, and if you can really put some stock into our vcin.com bet splits coming directly from DraftKings, which is a big public book, takes a lot of, of uh, you know public wagers here. It's a very good uh, you know kind of indicator of where the masses are at. If you look at the bet splits right now, only 21% of bets are taking the Colts. Everybody and their mother, this is a contrarian play. Uh, it's also a primetime game, 7 o'clock. Nearly 80% of bets are going with the Chicago Bears. So if everyone's going with the Bears, why are we seeing the Colts move so much? Minus two up to inching up toward four and a half. Uh, only 20% of bets, but 50% of the money is on the Colts. And I think, you know, so that would classify them as a contrarian play, a bet against the public play, a sharp reverse line move, a fade the trendy dog opportunity. But also, again, applying the information here. We've already heard Matt Eberflus, the coach, come out and say Justin Fields is not going to play. A lot of their starters are not going to play. Uh, so your quarterbacks, and here's another thing, Pritch knows this when you're capping preseason, and Ben, you do too. You lean a lot on those quarterback depth charts. Who is going to be at QB? You're going to get P.J. Walker. Nathan Peterman, by the way, still hanging oh around the NFL. <laughs> Probably going to get him. And Tyson Badgett, who is a, uh, a rookie from, I think, a D2 school. Uh, meanwhile, if you look at what the Bears did with Fields, when he was there in that week one game, he was great. He had two long touchdown passes. When he was out, their offense really couldn't do anything. They could only get uh, three field goals uh, field goals overall. You flip it the other way, uh, you're probably going to get also some defensive starters out uh, for the Chicago Bears. And with the Colts, you're probably going to get Gard Gardner Minshew quite a bit. Uh, to me, this is a team that you kind of want to buy low on. What will we see out of Richardson? To me, in this spot, and also, guys, you're going to hear this a lot on hashtag gambling Twitter, Kind of the uh, zigzag, where if a team won their first preseason game and their opponent lost their first preseason game, it's kind of like when you have like a two-game series in, in other sports. You win the first, like back-to-back -back in hockey. You win the first one, second one, you don't, you don't really care as much, or I guess the motivation isn't quite as there. So if we have this big, sharp line move to the Colts, they're going to play quite a few of their starters. Bears are going to sit out a lot of their guys. 
I'm gonna go down with the ship with another sharp line move, guys. I'm gonna go minus 200. I know it's a big number, but money line. Uh, you don't want to see the you know Colts win by one, two, three, or four. You mm -hmm. push, you lose. So I'm money lining the Colts here to win this thing by tomorrow the way, night. Show. Yeah, Shepherd University Rams. Alma oh, that's right. One Tyson Badgett. So oh, okay. That is in the Rams, huh? West Virginia, which I had no idea until I looked up the Wikipedia a second ago. <laughs> what about what about totals, uh, Josh? I mean, real quick. I mean, um, steam. Uh, you can say that happened. <laughs> Uh, in a game last night, but but in terms of totals, I mean, key number, 38 or 37 and a half here. Yeah, I think it's just so important, Pritch, to once you see your, your live odds page, and if you're not betting with a live odds page, I think you're really hurting yourself because it's almost like we're traders on Wall Street. You know, we're mm -hmm. trying to follow the money where, and also get the moves before they move too much. Yeah. So as we know, you got to have multiple outs. You can't just bet through one sports book. So perfect example, yesterday, that total opened, what was it, 37 and a half? It went up to 38. And then it came crashing down to 35 and a half, 36. So, you know, if here, well, my suggestion, Pritch, would be if you didn't, if you don't get the immediate move, like mm -hmm. as soon as it takes place, wait to the very end. Like if you bought low and took over 35 and a half last night, you were able to cash your bet. If you also got the early under, you cashed your bet. So always say to yourself, has it moved so much to am I getting the worst of the number at this point, or am I theoretically getting the best of it? If you're getting the worst of it, to me, it's a no bet. If you're getting the best of it, it could be a buy low or a, kind of a buy high play. And can create some outstanding mm -hmm. middle opportunities. We were talking about that with Will Hill a couple days ago on the show. Give him a follow at Josh underscore insights and also check out. We'll have a couple of baseball plays from Josh and our for VEASAN Pro subscribers up on the website. Also check out his daily morning bets. Pods will also break down his MLB splits because no, no rest for the weary, Josh. We're still handicapping baseball every day, which <laughs> I love from, from what you're doing. Great to see you as always, Josh. Be well. Sounds good, guys. Have a great day. We will sure. wrap up the show next. Some NFL injury news, as always, and close the show right after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Use a BetMGM bonus bet to place your next wager on any game in any sport. To receive your bonus bet, simply log into your BetMGM account today to bet on any game of your choice. Then add any type of bet on any game to your bet slip and activate your bonus bet. There is no deposit or additional wager required. You have 72 hours to log in to claim and use the bonus bet after login. The bonus bet is on the house. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Promotion may differ per customer. 21 or older to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Big thanks to D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Julian Council of the Locked On Panthers podcast, and Josh Applebaum, who just joined us from the Morning Daily Bets and Market Insights pods for joining us here on the Friday edition of the Lombardi Line Pro tip time. You ready, Pritch? I'm ready. Let's go. We were talking uh, rookie wide receiver props earlier, mm-hmm. and I think this is a, a great pro tip to bring as a result of why we like Quentin Johnston for L.A. So when you're betting NFL player props, consider targeting players in positional groups that lack durability. So a great example would be Quentin Johnson. He's behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the depth chart in L.A., two guys who have historically been very, very brittle. And if you were setting the over-under on games played, it definitely would not be 16 and a half. It would probably be more like, what, 12 and a half maybe? If that, and maybe that's generous? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Something it could like be generous. That. It could be generous. Also, you combine that, too, with Justin Herbert, uh, who, mm-hmm. again, the guy will attempt a lot of passes. Kellen Moore is the offense coordinator now. Uh, running game, what's that? Right? Uh, and then Justin Herbert completed uh, 477 uh, passing attempts yep. last year. So uh, 13 behind Tom Brady. I mean, uh, Quentin Johnson's in a good spot uh, if and when. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are not available. And again, those are for those season-long props. I think the flip side of the coin is maybe stay away from guys who are in really crowded situations where you, you don't you, know, you figure there might be a more difficult path to legitimate amounts mm. of playing time and overall productivity. So that's a great way just to, as you're diving into the markets and wanting to make some season-long futures that might not just be Super Bowl or MVP mm-hmm. or division winner, uh, that can be a really good way to go about attacking it. As we finish up some of our headlines for today, so we, we had this come on right as uh, Jonathan Montobel and I were coming on the air yesterday, Pritch, where Teron Armstead was carted off the field, joint practices for the Miami Dolphins uh, this week in their preseason buildup against the Houston Texans. So Armstead goes off. It's a guy mm-hmm. who's had a very checkered injury mm-hmm. pass going back to his time with New Orleans. Good news, though, last night comes out, says, and, and basically tweets that he uh, just got landed on during a team run in practice, is targeting week one to return. So... They're, they're, they're going to be cautious here because of the previous injury history, but it doesn't sound serious. And think about, you know, normally we wouldn't make a big deal out of a you know, left tackle going down with right. just a, a minor injury, but this is an offensive line that needs to be mm-hmm. healthy with how uh, banged up Tua Tagovailoa has been with multiple concussions a season ago. And when you consider the just the overall scheme for head coach Mike McDaniel. Is, is there a team that needs an offensive line more than Miami? I, I think you could argue there isn't one. Yeah, I mean, we still have to be concerned about Tua staying healthy too. I mean, the, the thing about injuries, been you know, is the pain. Like, 
players can go, but the pain, you know, and uh, or, or you're healthy enough, but uh, no, you know what, coach, it just doesn't feel right. Or you tell the trainer, it just doesn't feel right. So the track record of the player, are they able to set aside pain, even though they are injured or, or they're, they're banged up or whatever the case may be, can they set that aside and still play at a high level? I mean, that, that to me as a better is so valuable uh, that I want to know and distinguish between, uh, yeah, this guy said, oh, I'm going to be all right for the season, but are they going to be able to endure and play through the pain? Because some guys can't. <laughs> some guys will not go out there knowing that their pain tolerance is not that high. And, I mean, Teron Amster, uh, you, whatever you want to say about the pain tolerance, the mm-hmm. reality is he's missed a lot of games over, a lot over of games. the past few seasons. It does help that Miami, they, they brought in Isaiah Wynn from mm-hmm. New England. Could be some insurance there if Armstead does miss some time. But Big tackle up uh, in uh, New England comes to mind, too. Um, God, Trent, is it Trent Brown? That, I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's also been, I mean, that's been a, an, an issue of durability for New England. And right. it's a big reason why there were some struggles there about a season ago. He's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he is at least expected to be starting left tackle, though, going into this year for the New England Patriots. So we'll, we'll kind of continue to monitor all of that. It, it leads me into, though, since Miami was a playoff team a season ago, they are not among the most bet teams either to make or miss, but just interesting to see here where the money is at. And I think this is a good exercise to do simply because, Mike, we get into our own little you know, media bubble sometimes. Uh-huh. And like, I think a great example of that is it seems like just anecdotally, a lot of people we know and talk to are really high on the Green Bay Packers this year or the, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, a very popular pick in our VEASAN mm-hmm. betting guide. That not might, might not be, though, just a real true representation of the entire betting market. Like, we're just a very small, you know, cross-section of the betting industry and, and what actual bettors are, are looking at. So as we take a look at uh, most bet teams here to make, it stands out here to you, Pritch, because by ticket count, Broncos, Steelers, yeah. Browns, all at plus money, Browns at even money uh, to make the playoffs. That's just on ticket count, which could be, you know, $2 to 2000 So money is where I always look at, at least with more convictions from betters. And the Commanders getting the most money at plus 375 to make the playoffs. Pats plus 240, which is on, a Mike, on Michael Lombardi's uh, playoff list this year. And the Seahawks at minus 120. 20 what are you fading or following on that list well it's interesting because i come in each and every year knowing there's more constants in the national football league than outliers um so with that in mind okay the broncos to make the playoffs wild card um is that division going to produce three playoff caliber teams right uh go to the afc north Uh, you know when you look at the steelers and the browns both of them good chance that three could come out of there so now there's your bet probably are the steelers to make the playoffs or the Browns, and either one, what, plus 145 for the Steelers, plus uh, 100 for the Browns. Uh, you know, for the Broncos, I-, I think they're going to surprise people. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Raiders, uh, and then you got the Chargers to deal with, too. So uh, I think the Raiders could surprise people. That's that's something from a make-the-playoff bet uh, I would be interested it, it in. They're definitely going oppo uh, on, the, on the consensus, too, Yeah, the Raiders. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely, going oppo of the consensus. I mean, the, the most bet uh, by money, I mean – the commanders, again, look at that division, you know, um, um, and again, I don't want to chase the consensus or I don't want to chase the popular bet either. But uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, looking at that division, uh, you know, Miami, <laughs> the Bills and the Jets. OK, the Patriots, are, do they sneak in there? Really? You know, that kind of thing. And then the Seahawks, I, I think the Seahawks should win a division, to be honest with you. I think they're that good. Yeah. You, is that a is that a cause divisional bet wise? They're down to uh, around two to one. I yeah. think the reason why there's so much money on Seattle because you've got the insurance and minus 120. It's not a ridiculous minus money number to have to pay. Mm-hmm. I, I I still have concerns about the offensive line. They had they had such a 
I mean, we think about this in the same sense of Carolina, where we talk about overachieving from one year to the next, <laughs> where the two rookie tackles played every snap a season ago for Seattle. Will there be a regression at all? Because as much as we talk about Geno Smith regressing as a quarterback, I think it's much more likely based on the numbers and just the overall positional projections that the O-line takes a step back. And that, that still could be something that hurts Seattle amidst the division. If you're talking about beating San Francisco, you got to have the dudes at the trenches. And I'm still a little bit suspect uh, in my own you know, in my own mind about does Seattle really have the guys to do Well, that? not a lot of teams had the dudes against that uh, San Francisco well, defense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the point. Um, I, I think the experience uh, kind of helps Seattle. You know, I just mentioned about more outliers, more constants and outliers. And so uh, I'm believing that Seattle has become a constant. You know, the outlier was last year because it was Geno. Okay, what is he going to do at quarterback? You know, journeyman and all this stuff. And lo and behold, they make the playoffs and all this. But um, and in that division, uh, and, and Seattle fully knows what they're up against. I mean, you're going up against Aaron Donald twice, right? And, you know, from an offensive line standpoint, um, those guys are going to have to grow up. You know, that, that, is, that is something that is said in the locker room for young players. You're not young anymore. You, you got to grow up and be a man and, and play this game uh, at a high level. We expect that to happen. So uh, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I think they'll be improved if, if Walker III can stay healthy. Uh, Charbonnet, I mean, they, they got they got a one-two punch that I think that can be a pretty high caliber. And then Gino just needs to be consistent. Yeah. And if he is, he'll help out that offensive line, too, with the passing game. And also, when you just consider the weakness of the NFC. Yeah. I mean, at, at worst, I would rate Seattle as the fourth best team in the NFC. And mm-hmm. if you're just you're listing everybody, one to 16. And so, even setting aside the division there, I, I just generally believe that Seahawks bet is smarter because you're, even if it's a small minus money. Yeah you have a much better chance of, oh, yeah. of catching that uh, that ticket. And also, right. I'd say take these splits with a, a big old healthy pinch <laughs> of salt because the Steelers are on the most bet teams by ticket to make, and they're on the most bet teams by money to miss. Yeah. And You can look, go ahead and say a handful of salt, not a pinch. No, okay, just a we're just going to we're gonna start taking the grinders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Throwing, throwing it all out there. So anyway, that, that's where I, I look at it. Uh, the one that I think would be a surprise because there's a narrative that the Jets super popularly bet team, but mm-hmm. at least at MGM, the most single team by ticket count to miss the playoffs and second most bet by money to miss at plus 115. Again, this isn't necessarily just an indicator of, you know, sharp, super pro money. It can right. just be some, some person with a lot of money to spend who wants to throw a big bet on, on one of these teams and it can sometimes skew the data. So definitely take it with a, we'll say a, just a, a healthy handful <laughs> yeah. of salt there. Uh, Pritch, as always, man, been a blast hanging out with you. Man, two hours it. always fly by. It does. Absolutely, man. Have a great weekend. I, I absolutely will. I'll be up bright and early tomorrow. Be back with Michael Saturday, Sunday on the show. Big thanks to Elliot Bowman, our producer. We'll see Elliot back here this weekend and the rest of the crew. Uh, Nick McHale, Sergio, Aramis, Andre, Troy, all helping out here behind the scenes at our Circus Sportsbook studio. So for Mike Pritchard, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long on the Friday edition of the Lombardi Line from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.